Welcome to The Lorraine Murphy Show. I'm a mentor, four times author, leader of my Bold Darling Mastermind for female entrepreneurs, retreat host, and I've gotten to host this podcast for five years. As with all of my work, this show is to serve female entrepreneurs who want to optimize their energy and their mindsets in order to build the businesses and lives of their dreams. I've walked this entrepreneurial path for 11 years now, and I can tell you that there is a way to have a business you love and still have the space and time for all the other parts of your life that make you, you. Whether your number one priority right now is to scale your business, upgrade your finances, rediscover yourself, find more energy, get more organized, reconnect with yourself, or build a life and or business that's more aligned for you, or all of the above, I am here as your guide on the show to help you make it a reality. Listen in on my dulcet Irish tones as I share tales from the front line of my business and mentoring, behind the scenes insights on how I'm approaching life and business, and speak with brilliant expert guests. Search The Lorraine Murphy Show wherever you get your podcasts. A new episode drops every Friday. Subscribe to make sure you always catch the freshest episodes. Let's dive in to this week's show. Hello and welcome to my personal highs and lows for 2023. Jesus, this will be a big episode. I'm trying to make sure it's a pacey and not too long episode, but it will be a big episode, I think. So if you are new to this style of episode every year on the show for the last, gosh, four years, I have done an episode on my business highs and my business lows. And then this is my personal highs and my personal lows episode. So I have already put my business highs and lows episode live. So you can go and and catch up on that if you haven't heard that one yet. So the reason it's going to be big is this year we moved to Spain in February. So we've been here, yeah, for... 11 months, just under 11 months as I record this. Now, before I dive in though to these highs and lows for this year, I want to give you three quick reminders of what is already happening or is about to happen in my business. So first of all, I have got my goal setting and goal getting playbook available. So that is packed with all of my goal setting templates. And if you got my playbook last year, I have added in some extra templates this year based on kind of adventures with my mentees and and my own goal setting plans for, for this year, for next year. So that is there. And there's also a bonus audio mentoring guide, which is valued at $29. So It's got pep talks, it's got visualizations, it's got little kind of five to six part audio mentoring packs, for example, how to get motivated, how to deal with imposter syndrome, how to feel more confident. So it's a really nifty little pack of audio mentoring guides. And it means that you can set your goals with me and then you've got me in your ears and in your brain for the year next year as and when you need it. So I'm really seeing that audio mentoring guide as you dip in and out of it as and when you need it. And they're very much designed with the biggest challenges that I see within my community in mind. So that is there. So the playbook is $29 and you get the audio mentoring guide valued at $29 as a whole extra special bonus just for you. 
There's also in February, my Bold Brilliance Strategy Retreat is happening. So that's on the 13th and the 14th of February. And that is over two days for anyone who is looking to grow and scale their business next year and beyond. Super excited for that one. I'm just so excited for every single session. I've got a panel with my seven-figure mentees talking about how they got to that point. Very, very honest and transparent conversation in that one. I've also got the clinical hypnotherapist, Rachel Crether, coming and doing a future self visualization. We actually get to go and meet your future self, which will be the jumping off point for, for your business strategy. And I'm also going to be sharing how I plan my own business model in order to give myself max money, but also energy and space as well. And there's going to be tons of get shit done time, hot seat mentoring with me, Q&A with me, and just the chance to be in a room with like-minded business owners for two days. I mean, that is just the icing on the cake, I think, with anything like this. So I'm really, really thrilled to do it. There are two ticket levels available. There is a standard ticket and there's also VIP ticket, which interestingly has been selling more so far. So yeah, that's pretty cool. And yeah, so really, really excited for that one. I'm going to pop the link in the show notes to that one too. And then last thing to remind you about is my retreat to Bali, which is happening the last week in May. Again, I'll pop a link to the show notes in that one. At this point, as I'm recording this, it's approaching half full already, which is super cool. So yeah, link in the show notes to that one as well. And as always, if you've got any questions about anything I'm currently offering, just jump into my DMs. That's the best place to catch me at Lorraine Murphy Mentor. All right. I'm doing some stretches here as we get into this episode. So what I'll do is I've got a list of highs. I've got a list of lows and I'm just going to duck between the two essentially, like some of them kind of work together as a little bundle package. So I'll, I'll jump between them. All right. So the biggest high personally this year was that we made our Euro dream a reality that felt bigger than Ben-Hur, you know, thinking about how would we pack up in Australia? Where would we live? What would we do? How do we make this all work? And we've done it. So I am not for a second saying that it was easy. (laughs) However, we have done it and we got to give our kids almost a year in Europe. So we were planning on being here until June next year. So that would bring it like to the 18 month mark. But there was a few different factors that we've decided to get back to Australia in January instead, including we've got my friend Stace's place for five weeks, which is just the best soft landing back into Australia. And also just getting Lexi back for January so she can actually start the school year in her new school in Sydney. And then, yeah, just some stuff going on with Wade's family as well that we felt like, okay, we should should get back sooner. So we made it a reality. We have lived in Europe for almost a year. And as I was saying in my business highs and lows episode, I proved to myself that I could run my business from anywhere this year. And we've proven to ourselves that we can move our family. And I think... I mean, there's so many levels within it, but the the experience of being in a different country, experiencing life outside Australia for us, of course, but also for our kids, you know, for them to see how people live in different countries and, and the little observations that they have. Like I parked really badly at the supermarket the other day, a few weeks ago. And I was like, oh my God, Lexi, what's going on with mama's parking? This is terrible. And she was like, maybe you're just like turning Spanish. <laughs> It's just stuff like that. You know, it's the little incremental things that you experience in a different country, like you know, how, how they shop. And I just find it fascinating. And this is something I appreciate so much about Spain. You're just kind of left to be an adult by the government, if that makes sense. So there's so little, you just don't really see police. I and mean, where we are, I mean, we're four hours outside the nearest capital city, but it's not, you know, it's not a quiet area. It's pretty busy. 
And yeah, just life is a lot more relaxed here, I think. People are less uptight about things. Our nanny the other day parked our car. She was coming back to grab something. She parked our car out on the... We live in like this kind of gated community type thing. So you drive, it's quite a narrow road. Like there's just about space for two cars to pass. But instead of reversing in and parking in our parking... What do you call it? Parking bay. Our carport, thank you. She pulled up outside on the street outside and like people had to go around her and in Australia people would be losing their shit about that and yeah about six people just went past while she was in chatting to me about something and I was like I actually said to her I was like that would never happen in Australia like people would be losing their minds about you parking there and she's like yeah we're pretty relaxed in Spain and I just love that you know there's definitely that level of relaxation here that I think yeah and maybe it's more Sydney but I think yeah people are a lot more keyed up I think living in Sydney in our experience, including me <laughs> over there. Another huge high this year was travel. I did so much travel this year. It's been incredible. I created a very ambitious goals list of travel and I pretty much ticked it off. And then a bit more than that, which was just oh, so grateful for the memories created this year. So obviously we moved to Spain and we've doing little explorations around Spain. Wade and I got a whole week in Marrakesh. So my parents flew over to Spain to look after the kids for a week. So we got to go to Marrakesh. And I mean, we haven't done that since before we had Lexi. You know, it's been six and a half years since we did that. And it was just, yeah, magic, just magic to have a full week-long date night and have nowhere to be just look after ourselves have so much time to talk like we had so many great conversations like just fun light conversations but also really about you know, our lives and where we want to be and our vision and our priorities and values and businesses and all the things like it was just like yeah a seven-day conversation it was incredible and I loved Marrakesh Wade said actually when we got back he said it's the only place that I've been for a long time that it feels like you're actually going somewhere very different. You know, so many places that you visit now, like they tend to be feel a bit globalized and Marrakesh just had its own, its own flavor. Absolutely loved it. It was incredible. And that's been on my list for 10 years. I reckon Marrakesh has been on my bucket list. I also took Lexi to Paris for a long weekend together, which was her huge dream to do that together. And that was just magical. Loved it. I got to do a retreat in Ibiza. Again, Ibiza had, I'd never been, was on my bucket list forever. I got to spend a weekend in Lisbon and Portugal with my friend Emily. She's been living there for the last couple of years. That was, yeah, incredible. Everything's incredible. And Amsterdam then, I got to go there for work for a speaking gig and then stayed on for the weekend with my friend Tenille. And she just showed me all the best of Amsterdam. Got to be in the Amsterdam Pride Parade and, and Pride in Amsterdam is actually on barges. So rather than getting on the float like in the back of flatbed truck like you would in most cities you actually get on a barge and like go all the way through the canals in Amsterdam like absolute peak life moment it was incredible and we got to go to Ireland we will have been three times we went back for Easter we went back for three weeks yeah we actually went back for three weeks in August and we got to go up to Northern Ireland so we had a couple of nights in Belfast and then we got to explore yeah Donegal the Giant's Causeway again places that I've always wanted to to take Wade and, and see with the kids so and then we'll be going back again then for for Christmas in Ireland so got our first cold Christmas as a family ever and it's only my second Christmas back in Ireland since I moved to Australia 14 years ago which is just nuts so really really excited for a cold festive Christmas and all the nostalgia from my childhood and yeah the five, my sister's three kids and our kids to be together on Christmas morning oh, cannot wait and then went to Bali so went to Bali for I got there a week before my retreat started because I had two or three I think I had three pretty intense days of, of mentoring sessions which were so much easier to do from Bali than Spain 
and then Stace came over. So I had five days with my bestie Stace and then retreat started. So yeah, huge amount of travel this year. I feel like I did 10 years of travel in, in one year this year. And I mean, that's been the other incredible thing about living here in Spain is you're two hours away from anywhere, basically, not just to be able to go to Paris for a weekend. If living in Sydney, that's completely unachievable. So I think I'm so grateful that I was in a position to max out the opportunities to travel like I did this year because absolutely loved it. So that's a huge high has been travel. Okay, I'm going to jump over to the lows for a sec. So a huge low this year was sleep. And I touched on this in my business highs and lows episode. So when I was kind of masterminding this move to Spain, I had it all figured out that I knew that winter would be tougher because that would be starting work at 4am and that summer would be easier because that would be starting work at 6am. And the realities of that lack of sleep, that was pretty confronting. And in winter, so we arrived here, you know, from peak Sydney summer into Spanish winter, which was actually colder than we expected. And and the house we were living at that time was quite high up a mountain. It was very exposed. It was cold. And yeah, then I would get up at 20 past three in the morning, you get the red lipstick on, get the the gaming light going and and get on Zoom. And on paper before we went, I said, that's fine. You'll work from 4 a.m. until 8 a.m., and then you can go have a sleep and do your miracle morning and then have a bit of a break. And then for the afternoon, you can work on your own proactive work, go get some exercise, blah, 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 blah. And just the reality of that was very different because as I've already shared in my business highs and lows episode, when I am that on, like that keyed up and not keyed up, but you know, on, like I'm presenting, I'm delivering information, I'm mentoring. I found it completely impossible just to say, okay, cool, work's done. I'm just going to sit here and do some meditation. Like, yeah, I cannot reverse out of that mode, particularly when it's so early in the morning. And I think it's quite ironic. You know, I've talked for years about the importance of having a really good morning routine because how we start our day is how we continue our day. So I've actually had the complete 180 on that this year because I've started my day in high, you know, high work mode. And that's how my day then continues. You know, even it's very hard to get off that. It's it's not addictive. That's not the right word. It just becomes the mode that you're in. And it's very hard to break that mode. So on paper, the sleep was going to be a lot better because I said, I'll have a nap. It'll be fine. But the reality was very, very different, has been very, very different. And I was definitely not in a great place mental health wise. So yeah, I had February on that time zone, March and April. So yeah, by the time we came into April, I was I was not in a good spot. Just felt absolutely exhausted. You know, the real, and we, we know about it, yeah. Like we talk about it so much that sleep is everything. It's so necessary, all the things. But to be, it was the sleep deprivation. But then if I am up working at 4 a.m. and the rest of the house doesn't move till 7.30, that's three and a half hours that you're working in the dark on your own, just feeling like, I just felt like I was on a different planet to anyone else. It was really strange. <laughs> really strange. It's like you're in your own little movie and everyone else is in a different movie. So that was really, really tough. The sleep has been a low this year. Summer was great because I would be able to sleep till 5am, meditate, do all my, you know, my nice morning, miracle morning, and then start work at six. And now I'm back to, I start work most mornings at 5am. And I did, again, I mentioned this in the business episode, I changed the bold darling model this year that, so instead of doing three mornings at 4am, I'm only doing one morning at 4am, which has made a huge difference. And it's interesting when that morning rolls around, like I've got that coming up in three days this week and I don't mind it because it's not every, you know, almost every week. So, but yeah, sleep is something that has been low and and interesting. I got an aura ring. I've been wearing it for a month now, I think. And 
yeah, I need seven hours. Like if I get seven hours sleep, I'm good. I got seven hours last night, felt really good. But I'm averaging five and a half hours, six hours sleep midweek during the week. And I can deal, but I know that that's not long-term sustainable for health, you know, physical, mental health, family (laughs) relationship. It's just not good. So that has been a huge factor in deciding to make the move back to Australia because the fact is that 95% of my business comes from Australia and it's like I'm swimming against the tide constantly, you know, when it comes to the time zone difference. So I am so excited to get my morning routine back next year, you know, consistently back. And actually this morning, it's Monday morning here and I don't mentor on a Monday normally. And for some reason I was like, okay, I'm just going to change things and see if my PT can see me earlier. So I went and had a PT session at 7.30 this morning and it was my first morning exercising at that time since we moved to Spain. And it was awesome just to leave the house, have my time first in the morning. So I didn't meditate or anything this morning. I just went to PT. I just wrote a massive list (laughs) for my week before I left. And it was amazing. So it's interesting, you know, sometimes what I'm realizing about this move to Spain is sometimes you need to extricate yourself from your life, you know, have a different experience in order to fully appreciate why it was that you made those decisions. So I am so excited to have a morning routine back and just have consistent sleep back as well. And, you know, it's not even the mornings. It just affects the night before as well, because if I need to be up at, let's just say, 4.35 a.m., the whole focus in the evening the night before is just getting to bed as soon as possible. Like the kids, Lexi's normally asleep by like 8, 8.15. She falls asleep in our bed because that's just better because otherwise her and mother chat and keep each other awake. And then we transfer her into her bed and then we go to bed. So really my whole evening and Wade's evening, he's up early the next morning as well, becomes about, okay, we need to get to bed. Whereas I just feel like if you're getting up at six, you could sit and have a chat or watch a show or go for a walk or do something instead of the whole evening the mission becomes about getting to bed. So yes, sleep has definitely been a low this year. Another low, and you know, obviously it's no shit Sherlock, just the level of personal admin required this year has been epic. Just getting our residencies sorted for Spain, getting our mobile phones sorted, and then they were just, I don't know. There's so much that is so great about Spain, but then there's also things that just don't work. Like for example, we signed up with Vodafone here in Spain, for our mobiles. And it turns out I got got this text message from Vodafone saying, we're canceling your account in 48 hours if you don't pay your bill. And I'm like, what the hell? Like I use my credit card to sign up. Like it should be. And I just hadn't noticed if it was coming off or not because it's only like 20 euro a month or something. And yeah, turns out I was like, okay, shit, I need to want to pay my bill. So I log into my Vodafone and my cards don't work. So I tried five different cards to pay this bill. This outstanding bill is like 80 euro or something. Couldn't pay it. So I call them and I say, I'm trying to pay. This seems to be a problem. They're like, yeah, try a different card. I'm like, I've literally tried five. It's not working. So they said, okay, well, you need to go into a post office to pay your bill or do a bank transfer. And then we'll reconcile it in a week and we'll know that it's you. And I'm just like, oh my God. So we signed up with a different mobile phone company because of this issue, obviously cleared the bill and then left. And then Wade's now having the same issue with the different company that I was having. Like they will not take his money. (laughs) So it's just little things like that, that then requires so much bandwidth because you're like, shit, like I'm not going to have a mobile, like this is big. And so yeah, getting the residency, getting mobile phones sorted, getting Lexi enrolled in school, all the things. But then we had plans. So we moved to I'll talk about that in a few minutes. But anyway, we've had a house move that we were on planning and having here in Spain. And obviously we're packing now at the moment to head back to Australia. So we've obviously made it more intense for ourselves than maybe it needed to be in terms of house moves and and all the things because that gets very, very full on. But yeah, low has definitely been admin. And 
I really just want to give a massive shout out to Wade, who will never listen to this episode. But anyway, everyone else knows I gave him the shout out. <laughs> I will play him maybe this little snippet. He really took on the lion's share of that when we first arrived because my business was like, I had a lot of business commitments for those first few months. Well, all year actually. And he really took on the role of, of household ops manager in terms of getting all that admin sorted. So yeah, he was incredible. It would have been so much harder, particularly in those first couple of months after arriving, if he hadn't have done that. So yeah, that was a huge help. But yeah, admin was a big low this year. And a big high this year was obviously time with my family. So my mom, my dad, my sister, my niece and nephew, two nephews, my niece and my brother-in-law. So the kind of core family, but also just time with my extended family. Like I've gotten to spend time with cousins that I would normally never get to spend time with. So that's been really, really lovely. And the kids getting to actually know each other outside of WhatsApp video. And, you know, it's been interesting. There's the little power dynamics and the, you know, it's all the lovely things, but then there's, there's the power dynamics and the reality of the kids spending that kind of time together. The, the novelty of the, the Australian, the Irish cousin wears off pretty quick. And then it's the reality of, okay, well, how do they kind of fit together as a little pack, you know? And it's really cute. Like when we first arrived, Wilder was still quite little. He wasn't really considered one of the pack. And now, so Lexi is six, Fia is five, my niece. Jamie is three. Yes, I think I'm getting this. Jamie's three. I'm hoping I get this right. And Wilder's obviously two. And then my sister has a little boy, Alex, who's one. But yeah, the, the eldest four kind of run as a pack now. It's really cute. And I was just saying to Jenny, my sister, it'll be so cool in a couple of years when Alex is up and running around like they're just a pack of five. <laughs> it's really sweet. So yeah, time with family. And I mean, I worked out all up between family visiting us, us going back to Ireland. We'll have had 10 weeks with family this year. And that's, I worked it out. I was chatting to my uncle when I was back in Ireland in August. I was working it out with him. And that is the equivalent of what I would have had for the last 10 years being away in Australia. Like that's just mind blowing. So much time in comparison. And the other big high this year has been time with friends. So friends that again, I wouldn't normally get to spend time with. So having that whole weekend with Emily in Portugal. So her and I were uni friends and then she moved to London and I followed her over to London. So we had lots of time in London, but we didn't live together. And then she moved to Australia. So I only saw a tiny bit in Australia because we only overlapped a little bit. So I've never had like three nights with her and got to spend time with her boyfriend who I adored. So that, that was really incredible. And then time with Tanil, who was like a Sydney kind of work friend. Like we kind of knew each other through work and we've had lots of dinners together when she lived in Sydney, but she moved to Amsterdam Oh my God, I think, oh, we saw her, her and Paul, her new, just new husband now, came over and visited. So we got to see them last year, but I hadn't seen her for years. And again, just to go to Amsterdam and stay in her house and see her life. And yeah, it's just time I would never have had with either of those, those women otherwise. So that was really, really special, a massive high. And so a low kind of attached to that. This doesn't relate so much to the friend time because that was more weekends. But the family time, when I did see my family this year, as much as I tried to clear space so that when I was back in Ireland that I wasn't working, there were still some things like, for example, the Bull Darling um, sessions because they're locked in that I, I needed to show up and be on for. And then Ireland is an hour behind Spain. So if, for example, something was 6 a.m., Spain time, it was actually 5 a.m. Irish time. If it was 4 a.m. <laughs> Spain time, it was 3 a.m. Irish time. So that was really full on. And I feel, ah, I think it was a needs must thing. 
because that's what enabled us to have the family time that I was able to, you know, work in the business and be over there. But I think so much of the time that I did have with my family this year was, again, governed by lack of sleep, logistics. I need to be up at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. So I think that feels, ah, it feels like a missed opportunity. But then if I look back at it, I can't really see how else I could have done it. You know, I needed to obviously fulfill business commitments that I love fulfilling, and, and at the same time, I want to be really present with the family. So it's a big chat myself and my sister need to have when I'm home around, okay, what does this look like going forward? And how can we create a situation whereby we can have time together as a family? And I said to her, like, I just feel like I've been so cranky so much of the time that we have had together because I've just been you know, tired or knowing I need to get up early in the morning. And it doesn't really work. You know, in Ireland, you want to go out, like people stay up later. And like my sister and her husband will stay up to 11 o'clock. Whereas I'm like, okay, it's 8.30. I need to get to bed because I'm up early in the morning. So I guess it was a sense of like two conflicting priorities and then feeling a bit pulled in either direction. So yeah, that's a conversation I'll have with my parents and my sister and brother-in-law when we're home and obviously Wade around, yeah, what can we do? Because I said to Jenny, like my ideal is that we see each other for two weeks every year and that's just time with you. Like this is how I'm structuring the year next year. So the second half of every month next year, other than the retreats I'm hosting are completely free in terms of one-on-one, one-on-one meetings or bowl darling. So yeah, that's a low. I feel like a bit like, but again, you know, this is the expectation versus reality, isn't it? Where you think it's going great. I'm going to have 10 weeks with my family. It's going to be amazing. But the reality of that is work needs to happen in that. Obviously my sister needs to work in that. Wade needs to work. My brother-in-law needs to work. So, and the exercise needs to happen. And all the while we've got five kids who need a lot of love and attention and feeding and snacks and all the things. So I think that's, again, you know, the expectation maybe versus the reality wasn't quite what I expected it to be because, yeah, I think in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'll work for an hour and I'll go back in the seat for a couple of hours. But if the whole household is then up, then obviously I, I want to be up as well. So yeah, that is a low. And then a huge low from this year is the loneliness. So as much as I had, you know, time with family and I had time with Tanil and Emily, the kind of day-to-day was very, very lonely, and I've got a cousin here who's been incredible. It's been so good to have time with her as well. And she just had a baby while we've been here as well. So it's been really, really lovely to be here for that. But she's obviously tied up. She's got her business. She's got her baby. So I've made like one friend who I really love spending time with here. But that's come pretty recently. But there hasn't been anyone that I've gone, oh my God, yes, let's go for a walk or let's go for coffee. You're awesome. And I think it's just a case of, I think there's two sides of this, two, two elements. I think element one is... I don't know that where we are living right now is quite our vibe. It's probably more Wade's vibe than mine, but yeah, there isn't like a beautiful yoga studio. There isn't whole food shops, just things like that. Just stuff that I know is bougie as anything, but it's important to me. It's the stuff I really love about, for example, living, living in Sydney. And I've always lived in capital cities. I've lived near Dublin. I've lived in London. I've lived in Sydney. This is new for me living so far from kind of a, a capital city. So... The loneliness has been huge. And I think, yeah, the other element to it is, first of all, I think it's like it's not having met really any women that I would go, yeah, cool, I really want to have more time with you. But then the second thing is I've been so at capacity between lack of sleep, business, kids, adjusting to living in Spain, travel, like as you can see, a lot of travel. So I don't feel like I've been available or motivated to make friendships either. Wade is Mr. Hobbies. He's got so many hobbies that have enabled him to really connect and you know, men bond from doing things together so much as well. So he's had a very different experience on the friends front than I have, but I felt really lonely. Like it's a weird feeling. I had a business win in the business a few weeks ago and I was sitting there with Wade or we watching a show on Friday night 
And I'd said to him, you know, I would just love to go out for a drink tonight. Like, I'd just love to go celebrate with someone. And obviously you're here, our kids are here, so it can't be you. But I'd just love to have someone I could call and go, hey, do you want to go for a drink? And that was weird, just to go, there's no one. Like, even if it's someone that you go, sorry, I haven't seen you for six months, but you fancy going for a drink? Like, there was no one. That's strange. Yeah, that felt weird. And that was a bit of a kind of a, whoa, man, this is where you're at moment. So yeah, the loneliness has been big. And I think the thing that I've realized with loneliness as well is that whenever whatever else is going on is is amplified when you don't have a friend that you can just go for a walk with and download on, you know, download with. And Stace and I have done a really good job at staying in touch. She's been awesome. She's the kind of friend that you just, she expects you to stay in touch. You're like, okay, cool. I better, I better stay in touch. <laughs> She's been great. And obviously we had Bali to plan together as well, which I think is always really nice and bonding when you've got something to look forward to together. But yeah, the loneliness has been really tough this year. And that's very much influencing my year next year as well. And also it's definitely a factor in moving back to Australia because I don't think, I think particularly for women, we need to have, we need to have other women around us. We need to have those connection because it's part of our makeup. One of the core feminine traits is interdependence versus masculine energy is, is in, independence. So I think, yeah, that has been a big low this year. So another high this year. And honestly, I never thought I would actually say this in a podcast episode <laughs> or say it up front because I have been so straight down the line, basically, since I was a teenager, I haven't dabbled with any substances really is psychedelics this year so this has been a whole eye-opener for me this year I've had three different experiences with three different psychedelics this year and everyone was incredible and one was more of a I think two out of three were just 100% awesome like brilliant 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 experiences and one was definitely a lot more challenging, a lot more confronting, as well as also having awesome elements as well. So that has been a whole world that has opened up to me this year that, yeah, as I said, it's not a world I would ever have expected myself to, <laughs> to explore. And I think it's been very much normalized because I've got friends who have experimented in this space and have had really, really positive experiences. So yeah, I felt confident going into all three of those experiences. I also had those experiences with people I really, really trust. And it was just incredible. <laughs> peak, peak, peak experiences this year. So yeah, I feel a bit weird talking about this in a podcast episode and, and getting into detail on it, but I will just say that they felt, yeah, just like incredibly elevated experiences, incredibly bonding with the people that I had those experiences with. And just made me wonder, why is this shit so illegal in so many countries? Like, why? Like, how can this be a bad thing to feel like this and to feel like this with the people that you are with? And so I need to be really clear. I have had no exposure to people who've had drug issues and all of the things. So this is purely from my own experience here is that, yes, yeah, psychedelics this year were a huge high for me. And I've talked about it more with my one-on-one -on -one mentees. It's not necessarily... Yeah, I don't know if there's an appetite for me to do an episode on my psychedelic experiences this year. If there is, I'm there. But yeah, that's been a huge high this year and definitely something that I want to explore more next year. And yeah, just didn't have any kind of negative after effects and just felt really, really good. So yeah, as I said, let me know if you want me to talk about psychedelics more next year. I will I will put it on the, <laughs> the podcast calendar for next year. But yeah, all of really, really positive experiences, which felt really good. Okay, I'm going to jump total 180, different topic, to a big low. And this is one of the biggest lows this year. I reckon I'm like looking at my list of lows is probably that the, 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 the three horsemen of, of my lows this year. One was sleep. 
second was loneliness and the third was financial stress so just to give you an idea of our, our setup so we were renting in Sydney before we left so we handed back our rental place and we have two investment properties in Australia one is the house that we bought five years ago when we moved up to the Gold Coast to try the whole tree change thing and another is an investment property that we bought last year which is on the central coast So we had our two places. We did very, very well. Wade did because it's so not my world, but Wade did a very, very detailed financial forecast, modeled out everything for this year. We decided to rent a pretty expensive. So it was a step up from what we were renting in Sydney. Not a huge step up, but it was a step up. But in terms of Spain and what's normal in Spain, it was very expensive in terms of the context. Once we landed here, we're like, okay, this is actually a lot of money (laughs) compared to what other people are paying. So we decided to commit to that house and we knew that Wade would be stepping back from work for a few months while we settled into Spain. We had visibility on my year in the business. And then, you know, interest rates just kept going up and up and up. So the forecast that we had and that buffer that we had that, yeah, we can afford to you know, service our mortgages on our two places. We can afford to live in this nice house. We can afford to you know, feed our children and pay the school fees for the international school that we put the kids into. This is all working. And then each month as the interest rates went up, and I know if you're listening to this and you've got a mortgage, a variable rate mortgage, you're like, oh, I feel your pain. It just, that buffer got narrower and narrower and narrower. And when we went away to Morocco in early May, and one of the big conversations Wade and I had there was like, you know, what's, where is this going? Like, if these continue to go up, we can't, we had paid up front for our house for six months. And we we're just saying, we're not going to be able to service this level of rent. It's just not going to happen. So we made some really big decisions over there. Uh, one being to extricate ourselves from the lease. And thankfully our, our, our landlord was beautiful and has gone on to be one of Wade's best friends here. So we were able to extricate ourselves out of that. But that financial stress was really tough. And is it the first Tuesday of the month they announce it? And, you know, Wade and I, or I would check and up again. And we've got friends who are having the same experience. And, oh, my God, it was so stressful. So, yes, yeah, step one to navigating that was to get ourselves out of that really expensive rent. We moved to the house that we're living in at the moment. And that reduced our rent by two thirds. So our rent went way, way, way down. Obviously, nowhere near as beautiful a house with <laughs> 180 degree views of mountains and cities and ocean and everything. But it's a four bedroom house and it's really served the purpose that we needed it to serve while we've been here. But that financial stress was huge. Another decision actually we made while we're in Marrakesh was to sell the Gold Coast house. So we put that on the market. We didn't actually realize that it was in such poor condition. And the tenant there had been there for five years and it was just quite messy and needed a really good cleanup. So Wade's dad, thank God, went and spent three days up there just whipping it into shape with a handyman and we put it back on the market and we got an offer which was for just over what we were manifesting I actually Wade was like you can't do that I was like yes I can I started a whatsapp group with the agent who's managing the sale for us and I put the goal that we had for the the property price that was the name of the group (laughs) and Wade saw it he was like baby you have to change it you can't do that you're putting him under so much pressure I'm like yeah but he gets paid more we get this he gets paid more So we actually got an offer for just over that amount. And as I'm recording this, we are settling in three days. It'll all be done. And that, you know, just knowing that we were taking, that was the interesting thing. The financial stress didn't immediately shift because we still needed to, you know, live in that house for for X amount of months. And we knew that it was going to be, I mean, in the end it took us, yeah, like it took us the guts of six months to actually get the house on the market and, you know, in a position that it was ready to be sold. So nothing eased straight away, but just knowing that we were doing something about it made such a huge difference. I I could actually sleep 
at night and we weren't anywhere near as stressed just knowing that we were taking proactive steps that was a really big lesson from this year so that financial stress between moving to much cheaper in much cheaper rental to now you know shortly the house will be sold they yeah made a huge difference in terms of just easing that stress but I just want to say to you because I know it's been a year for many 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 of you listening if you have been going through that financial stress this year or you still are I just want to send you so much love because it is fucking scary particularly if you've got kids and you've got you know especially for those of you whose businesses maybe you are the main source of income or the major source of income you know that's really really stressful particularly if you've got that stress in your business as well so I just want to send you love and solidarity and we made it things will be better next year but that was a real big low as I said the three horsemen the third horseman of my lows this year was definitely that financial stress it was very 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 intense and another high this year was, oh, I've already told you, selling the Gold Coast. So that being sold and just in terms of like, if we were to compare our two investment properties side by side, like that one, we manage it ourselves. We've got someone who's in the area that can go and like fix light bulbs and that kind of thing for a tenant, but we manage it ourselves. The one on the center coast has got a property manager. It brings in less rent versus the other one. It's got pretty huge strata fees every quarter the other one doesn't have any strata fees because it's not part of a development like it just gives me such a sense of relief knowing that that house will be sold and the people moving in are so excited to live in that like it's a real lifestyle home that home and it's somewhere we will never live in again like I was messaging Stace about it earlier on this year and I was like I think we're going to sell Gold Coast and she messaged back she's like are you ever going to live there again and I said no like that was a full body no we won't live there it just wasn't it wasn't for us it wasn't for our family and she's like cool great go for it (laughs) So I was like, thanks, Stace, let's go. So yeah, really, really grateful that that has been sold because it just feels like it's a weight off. And, you know, initially it was just one less tie to Australia, but even going back now next year, it just gives us more options knowing that that house has been sold as well. And a low this year was just, we moved into one place, we moved into another place then in June and we're moving out of this place now. And as I record this three days, we're settling on the Gold Coast and moving out of our house in Spain on the same day. But yeah, just a sense, and again, it's probably a no shit Sherlock moment, but just feeling not settled, like moving. And even when we've been in the house, like I just never felt settled in this house. And I was talking about in a podcast episode a few weeks ago, like I cook a lot, like cooking is my thing, like playing in the kitchen, experimenting, making my homemade chocolate every single week, making sweet treats. Like I just haven't done that at all this year. And interestingly, someone who's on my goal setting and goal getting workshop recently said, I've noticed you're cooking again. And I was like, I am. I made like a chicken soup myself and Lexi experimented making this beautiful chocolate spread we tried to recreate this chocolate spread that I buy in Ubud we did it it was so good and that was an element and it was interesting I think as soon as we made the decision to move back to Australia instantly I felt more settled in Spain so I think there's a just that feeling of not feeling settled like not feeling like our home is exactly how I want to have it our furniture isn't exactly how I want to have it and you know, there's things that we could have done with this house that we're in that would have made it a lot nicer, but I just didn't feel like, we just had a sense we weren't going to be there for a very long time. So that sense of, yeah, just not feeling settled has felt like a low because I do like having that groundedness of our home and our stuff. And, you know, it doesn't have to be super expensive stuff, but it's our stuff and creating that home environment for our family. So yeah, that has felt like a low this year because I've realized that that's definitely part of me feeling myself and feeling good in myself and feeling good about my role in our family. So really, really excited next year to yeah find our home that we can really settle into and furnish it in a way that we really want to have it. And yeah, and, and just Sydney houses are so beautiful, you know, particularly the Victorian terraces that we used to live in, like they're just gorgeous. And 
I think when you live somewhere here like Spain, obviously there's the old style Spanish villas and so on, but a lot of the houses, like the one we're living in now, it's, I don't know, probably about 20, 30 years old, but it just feels like a box. Like it doesn't really have much personality or history or vibe. So yeah, I'm really, really excited to create create our home next year. It's going to be so, so fun to do. And another high this year is therapy. So Wade and I continued our relationship therapy with our brilliant therapist, Robert, who's been on the show before. And I also put myself back in therapy around kind of July, August, I think. So I actually started working one-on-one with my facilitator, one of the facilitators from the Hoffman process that I did a year ago now. And that was really, really good just to reactivate the Hoffman thinking, remind myself of, you know, all the different tools and just to have that safe place just to talk through on on a load on things. I really, really appreciated that time with him this year and have stopped that block right now, but definitely something that I want to pick up again next year and and do again because I found it incredibly helpful and almost get helped me get more out of the investment in Hoffman as well. And I also kept up my work with Jackie, my kinesiologist. So did a session with her every month this year and did the retreat to Ibiza, which was really, really powerful. I had some really big shifts on that retreat that changed the course for, for the following kind of six months and beyond. So really, really grateful that I was in a position to do that work, that I had the support to do that work with those incredible practitioners that I had as well. So that's all my highs. That is all. Oh, I've got one more low, two more lows actually that I didn't talk through. Is One of them is nutrition. So I talked a bit about, you know, I really love cooking and being in the kitchen. And definitely something I've noticed here where we're living in Spain is that there isn't that availability of whole food ingredients. So where we lived in Sydney, we had a source bulk foods where I just go and fill paper bags and then fill up my glass jars back in the back at home and there just isn't that availability like I can't get raw cacao here for example everything is cocoa powder which I think is like it's heated I think so I've missed yeah this is we've eaten well like we've eaten as well as we could I think here but organic meat like as I was sharing in a recent podcast episode is really expensive and hard to get hold of here so just things like we would normally have our green smoothies every day like we have not had green smoothies all year here it's just one of those things that those standards that have been dropped or those habits that have been dropped and I think there's things like Karen our beautiful nanny back in Sydney used to make our smoothies in the morning she used to come make them in the morning then drop Lexi to school and take Wilder out for the morning so just things like that you know having someone else who it's their job to do it you're so much more likely to actually have the green smoothie which seems obvious but now we know and then just things like making my sweet treats like normally I would make, as I said, my homemade chocolate or some kind of gluten-free, healthy as they can be, brownie. And I just haven't done any of that that kind of thing here. I haven't had a baking cupboard here in this house. So again, just really excited for next year to get all those things back in play, like go to Kmart or wherever we go and just kit out the baking cupboard and just feel like got really good pantry and I can go forth and, and make this happen. So nutrition has been a huge one that just hasn't been quite, it's been okay but it hasn't been quite where I would like it to be. And just living in Europe, like you just eat so much more bread, gluten-free just isn't really a thing here. So having a lot more, you know, ham on and cheeses and that kind of thing that I wouldn't normally be part of our diets back in Australia as much. Love them as a treat, but they wouldn't be kind of daily, weekly occurrences like they can be here in Spain. And, and another low, and this is where Lorraine goes super superficial, is just my hair. I've had three different hairdressers here in Spain. My last one has been great, but she just likes getting my hair darker than I like it to be. She put me on a bleach ban for the first three, four months with her because my hair was so damaged from the previous hairdresser. And 
I was talking to Jules about it as well. Like Spanish hairdressers just seem to like ash. Like they love that kind of real ash. And you know, almost like white gray cast on your hair. And I like like a bright golden honey blonde. So I've got my hair appointment made for the week I get back (laughs) to Sydney. And you know, my hair has been fine, but I really, I just want it how I like it. And I know Sadie, my hairdresser will just get me back where I want to be pretty quickly. I I took my extensions out mid-year this year as well. So I'm going to put a couple in, just like a handful, nowhere near what I had. I think I'd way too many last time. But um, yeah, hair has been a low and it's it's one of those things again that, yes, it seems superficial, but it's your self-identity. You know, it's the things that make you feel like you. So I'm really, really, really excited to get my hair back on track next year as well. So that was all of my highs. That's all of my lows. And just like I did in the business highs and lows episode, just in terms of, and again, I haven't actually set my own goals for next year yet. That's happening next week as I'm recording this. My themes are my guardrails. My intentions for next year personally are going to be, I'm just feeling this real solid, grounding, nurturing energy next year. Like to create a really nurturing home for us and to ground back into Sydney, connect back in with our friends there, find our routine and... I mean, just a huge thing for next year. It's just going to be less complexity, like just even paying myself in Australian dollars, which we then have two different, we use wise business and we use Revolut then to, so wise business is how I get money into euros business wise. And then I use Revolut to get money into euros personally. So that's kind of our joint account and how we move money around personally is with Revolut. Just having two different phones, like being able to call Australia when I need, like just being able to call whenever I need to rather than go, okay, I need to call the Department of Foreign Affairs about my citizenship ceremony. I need to call at 5 a.m. tomorrow like and get up early to call them or move a meeting so I can call them. Just that kind of thing. It's just that le- less complexity, so much less complexity next year. It's just going to be. And just things like being on the same time zone as my clients. You know, For most of them now, of course, I've got a mentee now in Canada next year. I'm one in the UK. But yeah, that's fine. I'm going to be in the, the time zone with most of, of my community next year, which will be great. Huge intention for next year is fun with friends. After having pretty much no friends for most of this year, just to have fun with friends, I'm I'm going to be very, very intentional and very actually structured about that next year. So that's going to be a big part of my goals and, and reaching out to friends before I even get back to Sydney about my rhythm <laughs> next year. Also a reset with food and health. Actually, one of my highs that I didn't touch on was exercise this year. So I found a brilliant PT, John, who is 62 and an absolute machine. So I've been training with him twice a week since April, other than when I'm traveling. And it's just been life-changing just to build that strength, to see the changes in my body, to feel the changes in my body. Like I was getting to the point at the start of this year where Wilder felt really heavy, like I've had to carry him. I'm like, oh my God, you're so heavy. Whereas now I can just pick him up with one arm, throw him on my hip and we're off. So that has been a huge high. So I definitely want to maintain the physical strength, but I want to do a reset with food, like I just touched on and with health. So I'm booking back in with my naturopath to do a whole round of bloods again, just to check in on where I'm at. Do I need any support? Just reset with sleep, that kind of thing. I'm really, really excited for that. Another big intention for next year, and this is a theme I'm actually noticing with quite a few of my mentees as well, is just building in more help at home next year. So we had a nanny back in Sydney here, and we had a nanny and a cleaner back in Sydney. Here we've had a nanny, so we've got a brilliant nanny at the moment. We've had two different nannies kind of on an ongoing basis this year who've both been incredible. But just building in home help, like building in help with meal prep, help with laundry, just to 
set us up so that when we are home, we are at home and we can be as present as possible with that. So again, just reducing complexity, creating more of a nurturing environment, not just for the kids, but also for me and Wade as well. So they're my big themes personally for next year. I don't think I'm going to do much travel at all next year. I'll do, do a couple of Australian trips, particularly if I want to host some events in other cities. So I'm very open to depending on how, you know, bold brilliance goes and what the appetite, I think it's really good based on sales already, but potentially yeah, doing one of those in Melbourne, doing one of those in Brisbane at some point late in the year next year. I'm, re- I'm really keen to look at that. I'll be in Bali twice for my retreats. We're going to have a family holiday on the end of the May retreat. And yeah, that's kind of it. I don't really feel like this big appetite to travel next year. Uh, I'm sure there'll be something in there, but I think next year is, as I said, it's a bit grounding, uh, resetting, recalibrating being really present that's that's the intention with next year oh thank you so much for joining me on this little tour of this year so that is my personal highs and lows from 2023 so as i said at the outset i'm really hoping that there's some some nuggets in there that maybe will help inform your year next year maybe there's some things that i've shared that you went okay i'm not i'm not alone rain had this too And yeah, it's just the chance to connect with you like this. Thank you so much for investing your precious time in sharing in my year with me. Quick reminder again, goal setting and goal getting playbook and audio mentoring pack are available right now. Bold Brilliance strategy event is happening in February and my next Bali retreat is happening the last week of May. So links to all three of those are in the show notes. And again, if you've got any questions at all about them, please do just let me know. So thank you for joining this week's, this bonus episode. And I'll be back again next Friday with the next episode in this season. So sending love. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful new year. I loved having you join me for this week's episode. Please do connect with me on Instagram at Lorraine Murphy Mentor and visit my website lorrainemurphy.com.au for tons of free resources and my reading list of all my favorite books. It would mean the absolute world if you could subscribe and share episodes you love with those that you love. Thank you for listening. Thank you.